Hey there, it's Pastor T with another Daily Psalmanac, where I hope to help you grow in the practice of prayer through a deepening relationship with the prayer book of the Bible, the Psalms. And today we are reading, reflecting upon, and praying back to the Lord, Psalm 73. I invite you to follow along in your own Bibles at home or to listen as I read. Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily, they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongue struts through the earth. Therefore, as people turn back to them and find no fault in them, and they say, How can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked. Always at ease they increase in riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. Truly you set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, O Lord. When you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Psalm 73, such a beautiful prayer. and has this very definite movement to it. It starts at a place that many of us as believers can sympathize with. The psalmist is looking out at the world, and what he sees is not a neat and tidy, while the believers are blessed and the unbelievers are cursed. In fact, it's just the opposite. It seems like the wicked, as the psalm says, those who have turned their backs on God, who have arrogantly sought to go away from God, they're the ones that seem to be thriving and flourishing. And the psalmist thinks, how could this possibly be? Why isn't it that God curses them and for those who believe in him, they have life that goes smoothly and easily? In fact, many times it's just the opposite. St. Paul says in Acts chapter 14, it is through many tribulations that we must enter the kingdom of God. It's not through an easy royal road to heaven that we make it, but it's through a bumpy and difficult path, indeed the valley of the shadow of death. And so the psalmist then turns and pivots from this place of despising all of those who seem to flourish despite their unbelief, despite their, their folly and their arrogance. He recognizes ultimately for all those who have turned their backs on God, there will be judgment. 
But for us who believe, we have a treasure laid up for us in heaven, gifted to us in Christ Jesus. And I love these words of the psalmist. He says, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. The Christian musician Rich Mullins had a, a song many years ago entitled, One Thing. You are my one thing, O God. Whom have I in heaven but you, Jesus? And who have I on earth, what on earth could I desire besides you? God is our one thing. And in a world where it seems like the wicked prosper and those who turn their backs on God are doing just fine, whether or not that's actually the case, for those of us who know God, that's the one thing we need. Everything else, friends, everything else, material blessings, convenience, comfort, ease, if we receive those things in this life, we should be grateful. But they're not promised, and they certainly aren't an assurance that we are part of God's elect. Instead, God is our one thing. He is our refuge and our strength. He is our portion and the satisfaction of our heart, no matter what else this world may offer. Let us pray. Dear God, you are the one thing, the one thing that we need above all else, our relationship with you, our communion with you. And we pray, Lord, that you would not allow anything else in this life to bring us that deep abiding satisfaction. Don't let us seek the things of this world, but instead seek your face alone and find our peace and find our contentment as we rest in your ever-loving arms. Turn our eyes toward your statutes, Lord, and not toward selfish gain. Turn our hearts to rejoice and to delight in the good gifts that you alone impart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now, as you go about your day today, may the Lord be your one thing, the strength of your heart, and your portion forever. Go in his peace.